Two and a Half Chicks is back today with a guest, Justine, and we tackle the subject of kink, specifically BDSM. You may be curious or you may be put off by this subject, but stay with us here. What you may already know may not be accurate. BDSM is often not accurately portrayed in the mainstream media, and this conversation attempts to remove some of the stigmas associated with the subject. We talk about the dangers from inaccurate representation in the media and how people engaging in it are often depicted as damaged or traumatized as a precursor to the lifestyle. We delve into some psychology behind it and how the roles feed people, how to start if you're curious, and how to find people with compatible tastes. Justine also explains some BDSM activities and paraphernalia. We also talk about how it doesn't have to be intense. There are various degrees. And sex can be an exciting playground for experimenting with different types of sensations and arousing ideas. This is a very broad subject with so much more to cover, but we dive into it with our knowledgeable and experienced guest. And she endeavors to set the record straight and shares her experience and desires while taking some of the mystery out of it for us and our listeners. Stay with us through this enlightening and humorous discussion. Welcome back to Two and a Half Chicks. It's me, Tess, and Monica, and Brian. Hello. And today we have a guest with us, Justine. And Justine is going to come on and help us tackle the subject of kink, specifically talking a little bit about BDSM and how it's portrayed in the mainstream media. So welcome, Justine. Thank you for coming on. Hi, hi. Thank you. Let's talk about why the subject is important to you and, you know, why you want to talk about it, and then we'll kind of go off with questions from there. Sure. So, I mean, BDSM itself is kind of a touchy subject for a lot of people. It's It, it can be scary, you know? I mean, it, it involves sadomasochism. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the whole BDSM stands for bondage, discipline, dominant submission, sadomasochism. And a lot of people just hearing that on its own view it as an immediate red flag or something that denotes, let's say, like mental illness or abuse any kind of red flag under the sun when at least in my experience, it's been a really positive healing experience. And I feel like, especially right now in modern media, it's really getting twisted and it needs a little bit of gatekeeping. (laughs) It it needs a little bit of the community to come and, and set the standard straight and remove a lot of that stigma without playing into it. And without just getting overhyped and excited that we're getting some form of representation. Cause it's, Mm -hmm. It's not good. (laughs) Not all representation is good. True. So I get a little passionate about it because it it is, it's pretty near and dear to my heart. And it's a pretty big community. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, God, it's a huge umbrella term for so Mm -hmm. many different levels of kink. (laughs) Well, I have my first question. (laughs) What exactly is meant by kink? (laughs) It's a broad term. But I, you know, you hear kinky, you think like, Okay, but what exactly is meant by kink? In like the simplest terms, I would say anything outside of vanilla, right? So vanilla is the most commonly used term for just, (laughs) I I don't want to say this without like pissing someone off in the audience. Regular sex, normal, like missionary, lights off. That's (laughs) fair. Yeah, so basically anything where you're being more creative where you're being more risque, deviant, for lack of a better way of saying it. more. Yeah, I would say anything creative. outside of like a social norm. Okay. I have my first comment. <laughs> <laughs> we always talk about how the mainstream media portrays different groups or people. I, I got to ask the question, why does it matter? Why does it matter what the media says? Why doesn't it, you shut the door, you go into your bedroom and you kink or you do this or you do, you do whatever you want. Why does it matter what the world thinks? To me, it matters because if people find you're associated with it and they have a negative connotation of it, they're going to judge you for it and they're going to have the wrong opinion of you for it. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. And it could affect people being your friends. It could affect people, how they treat you at work how they treat you and and all kinds of social settings. So nobody likes to feel like they're an outcast. And in the case of like sexuality, it can also be very dangerous, Mm -hmm. especially if we're talking in like terms of bondage, which we can get to that. But if you have a bunch of like these wannabe DGENs who come along and they're like, ah, you are into this. That means you like pain. That means I can be an absolute sadist. That 
that's dangerous for the community to allow these like mm-hmm. bad faith actors in. So mm-hmm. on whole, if we're going to be technical, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. But if they're infiltrating my groups in my areas and it puts me at a bodily risk, then then I've got an issue. Then we have a problem. So when you say they infiltrate, like, are Mm -hmm. you talking about just an outsider that wants to hang out with you? No, I'm I'm talking more as if, like, let's say, that's a good example. So we've got a rise of, oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. So do you remember the Penny Romance novels? Like you look at the the covers of them, right? It's pink, purple, red. <laughs> look at me, look at me, yeah. Tiffany. Do I look like I read those novels? <laughs> you've seen them though. You've seen them in a bonds. You've seen them somewhere. Like I refuse to accept. <laughs> Maybe you I have. Seen them. There you go. So you've got like the most like steamy romance novels, stuff like that, and you've got a small group of select people reading them. Whatever, let them have their fun. There's no issue with it. Not a problem. Now. When you start pumping that out into a wider audience, more people picking it up. Let's say the worst fucking thing in the world, Fifty Shades. My God, I hate everything about it. (laughs) You not Mm -hmm. only make the book massively popular, but then you introduce it in film. You've got a whole group of both men and women looking at this and saying, ah, these behaviors are completely acceptable. So you've got stalking, you've got non-consensual. You've got all these elements that are being broadcasted to a mainstream audience. And now you've got people who didn't necessarily want to learn or dip their toes in, but saying, this is what it's about. I can get into that. They're learning it wrong, you're saying. Okay, that's fair. I I have to agree, too, that the way they portray it in media a lot is that if people are into this, it's because of some kind of trauma or because (laughs) of some kind of mental illness. Yes. Right? It isn't? Like normal. No, Brian. <laughs> Brian. It, you know, so there's something wrong with people who like this. So it is mm-hmm. it is presented like that in the media a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, that's fair. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Now I kind of am happy I didn't see Fifty Shades. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well, I saw the first one. I didn't read the books, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> the books, they're so poorly written, too. There's a scene where, like, they lose count of fingers. And I'm like, unless he's like Hannibal Lecter, he's got another like extra one. This, it's just, it's just bad writing. It's terrible. I hate it. Well, maybe he was penetrating her and he lost count because he couldn't figure out how many was in there. (laughs) Add a toe or something. That's a whole different fetish there. Well, and what appealed to women about Fifty Shades really was how attentive he was to her. People who were never, ever, ever into BDSM they flocked to that story because it was ultimately a love story, not really an accurate depiction of BDSM. Yeah. And she was a pretty, she was pretty generic, nothing really spectacular about her. She was an ordinary woman. And she had this like fancy guy falling for her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can understand that. And good God, like I, I love reading like web comics or fan fiction, anything I can get my hands on. It, It can be a lot of fun. And that's, that's fun. Like, good guy, under the banner of kink, there's like monster fucking, you name it. There's all kinds of crazy shit. Okay, now my next question is, what is monster fucking? (laughs) Okay, I was going to say, that's where I was going to jump in, Monica. I was going to say, so Justine, what is your sexual orientation? What is your provider of choice? Provider. I like dudes. Okay. Like dudes. I I mean that very specifically. You're like Like, strictly dickly. Yes. I mean, I've dipped my toe, <laughs> you know. I, I, I've, I've been with women before, but romantically, I don't I, I don't feel shit. <laughs> okay, so. that's fine. And when you say dudes, like you want that dude with that's riddled with tattoos and a work on your car? Uh-huh. Okay. With the, with yeah. the earrings and all kinds of piercings and stuff? Man, I guess, maybe. Just, just nice big hands. Okay. Hmm. So when did you realize that you were into all this? So for me, I was always a really, really like self-sufficient kid. And a lot of the time that involves, I'm not going to say like trauma or anything like that, but there's a certain like survival instinct and an A-type personality that comes with that, where I was constantly, constantly in control of everything. And that wears down. So I would start to seek out these figures in my life who I felt I could let my guard down around and slowly relax. And 
when I entered the dating world as a kid, that translated into some pretty domineering types, not necessarily in a good way, because I was still looking to find myself and you're, everyone goes through shit relationships, you know, especially when you're young. Mm-hmm. So going through that, I kind of started refining my taste of saying, well, this is acceptable. This isn't acceptable. This is what I like. This isn't what I like. And it was actually through, <laughs> through um, a webcomic where I first like was introduced really like solidly into the like BDSM scene. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, I kind of like that. <laughs> I kind of like how that <laughs> looks. Oh, <laughs> um, so I started delving further into it, doing a little bit more research. And it's scary. It, it's scary when you come from no knowledge, no experience, and you start looking into something that, especially at that time, I'm 34 now. So if I'm talking like from the time I was like 18, further into my early 20s, that's really hard to find safe ways to navigate through those spaces, you know? Yeah. And especially back then, <laughs> being so completely stigmatized. Interesting. The The older I got, you know, I, I was refining like what I really wanted in relationships. And I kept leaving them very, very unsatisfied. The men? Yeah. <laughs> I And women at that point, too. I, I just, I wasn't happy with it. Like, essentially, okay. I, I felt like I kept running into this brick wall. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And I honestly, because of such a stigma i was like am i just this weird fucking freak like what the hell is wrong with me you know are you saying you were unsatisfied with vanilla sex or once yeah. you got into this world vanilla, uh, sex. In, with vanilla sex yeah i i was got just it. i wasn't feeling taken care of and like i'm i'm about six foot tall i'm a tall Damn. girl i like wearing heels <laughs> like I, <laughs> i'm really into retro and pinup you know as well so i can kind of cut an imposing figure sometimes and Along with that, I was attracting sometimes dominant, like in the way of they just kind of wanted to crush me down, like put me down to size or super, super submissive men as well. And I just, I, I was so unhappy with it. Um, I felt just completely out of place. Let me ask you this. When you're in your, when you're in this world, Mm -hmm. do you feel like in your mainstream world, in your everyday life, are you like a dominant person at work or are you that, or are you like or more of a submissive at work? So like when you go home and you say, look, I just was in charge of 20 people. I just want to get fucked. I want you to do whatever you want to me type deal. Or you're getting into the psychology, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah. What's, what side are you like on that? Yeah. Yeah. In in everyday average life, I would say I'm a pretty domineering person. Like my, my little brother's girlfriend the other day was like, you know, when I first met you, I was fucking terrified. I was like, oh, why? <laughs> I'm so nice. And she was like, well, it's the way you stand, the way your posture is, your face. And I was like, I changed my fucking face, dude. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's, it's really once those doors are closed where I can just drop that, right. you know. Uh, are you like out with this lifestyle, like, does your family know about it? Your friends know about it? Or only just, like, people who you choose to tell? There's very select few who know and would even understand or, or believe that. You know, um, okay. I, <laughs> I have my, my last ex. Um, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's, he <laughs> saw some of my, like, fetish gear. Um, I let him mm-hmm. though. That was the thing is I was like, Oh, I'm going to leave one thing out and see the reaction. That's kind of how I'm going to gauge this. Uh, his, his personality type is, is once again, pretty submissive as well. And he seemed really excited about it. Really wanted to delve into that. What did you leave out? Leather cuffs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nothing crazy I like figured. a sweater bar or anything. But I'm talking like the tamest of the tame, you know? Okay. <laughs> Look at Monica's yeah. face. She's like, what the hell is a spreader <laughs> bar? <laughs> I'm with you. Monica, it's like the biggest speculum you could actually imagine. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like you're walking around town with a... What a like handcuff me bitch t-shirt on, right? No, just, no. Yeah. <laughs> that okay. and I, I don't think people would believe it. 
seeing me either. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a tall girl. So I, mm-hmm. And you don't want to attract the wrong people walking around no, town. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but like when I was trying to introduce him to that, cause he's like, I, I can be dominant. I could be this. And I was like, Oh, I don't think you can be. <laughs> you didn't really buy it. Yeah. So you it, are you do, are you? Do you ever like to be the submissive uh, I, or the dominant? You mean? I'm yeah, not, she I'm means not, the dominant. Oh, oh. yeah, she switched I'll it because remember we said she, her personality yeah. outside is is very very like abrasive like in the grand scheme i don't mean you're abrasive but you know what i'm saying oh okay okay she's domineering okay so when she gets into the bedroom she wants to be the opposite yeah she's like just take me yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's why she likes those dudes dudes that can you know bring it Mm -hmm. okay so i i'm very vanilla justine so i've been seeing a person that we call the milkman and (laughs) we don't do any of that bdsm stuff but he is somewhat dominant and I don't mind it at all like he'll he'll tell me like let's do this let's do that let's do that and I'm okay with it because I don't need to be the one saying what to do I don't care and there's one thing that he does that 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 I Mm -hmm. love it when he does it it's like you know if it's a missionary position and Mm -hmm. I'm like too far up he grabs my legs and he just pulls me me down Puts you where yeah. he needs you. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh my god, I'm like a rag doll. This is the Go best. Ahead. Take what you want. <laughs> women liking a man who takes what he wants in the bedroom is an age old thing. Yep. It, it just with me, you just kind of ramp it up a little bit from there. <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's my maximum. Just, just a little. Yeah. Bit <laughs> well, I don't. None of us. None of us started there. I think it was like any of us who have experimented, like it grows little over time. You don't like start where you end up. Yeah. And Monica, I was doing a little bit of reading up on it because I thought it was such a great topic. And like, you know, you do have a little kink to you because they even consider like the use of vibrators and dildos. That's a little bit of kink, Monica. So you can expand on that. You can start small. You just start small. It's very (laughs) easy to slide into that. Like no pun intended. When you are, when you're into that stuff and you like him doing what you described he does Mm -hmm. with your hips or whatever, it's not too much further to have him go, like, tell you what to do with the vibrator while he watches. Mm -hmm. It can start very small and very innocent and it can be exciting and then it can grow. And that's kind of what happened with me. Like, and then I Mm -hmm. was totally into experimenting with different stuff, but it could just be somebody commanding you to do something during sex that can totally make the difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, small things like blindfolds, that's you know, mm-hmm. very, very simple, super effective, mm-hmm. I agree. you know, heightens your senses. You get a little nervous. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's a great feeling. So mm-hmm. I, I could tell you, Justine, that I am probably the dominant one in my relationships because I've been with a couple of women that have been the dominant ones, or at least tried to be. And I got to tell you, I didn't like it at all. Like I <laughs> did not like it. It's not who you are. I was, yeah. I was with a girl and you know, when she's riding me and everything like that, she's twisting my nipples to the point where I thought she was trying to extract <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not doing that to you. Why are you doing it to me? <laughs> she's like, surprise, baby. I got a lactation fetish. Yeah. Probably because it got her off. <laughs> exactly. It was, and it probably was getting her off, but I was like, Oh mm-hmm. shit. I had an ex-girlfriend who liked to be choked, slapped, smacked, beat. And I, I got to the point where I thought she was going to call the cops on me. Shit. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like, damn, she's trying yeah. to get me to do something so that she could say, oh, he did this. I don't even, I got to the point, I don't even trust this person. So it, it's a little bit scary. Yeah, that, that's a huge thing within this sphere is communication between partners. The first like real, real dom that I ever had. I still got a soft spot for this man in my heart. Like. <laughs> no one else. We at, went through a list of things that were acceptable, things that I was kind of on the fence about, and things that were like green light go. Like we're good yeah. with this because a, a lot of these activities and a lot of play can can be dangerous if you don't have those lines of communication open with your partners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm a massive fan of breath play. Love it. Favorite. If I get with a partner who goes too far and I, I can't say a safe word. I can't, mm-hmm. I, I can't shut it down. I, I can be in real serious danger. So you have to have that level of very, very open, very raw communication. 
Are you talking about just breathing through your your um, experience and to like you know enhance your orgasm? Like, what is breath control? Oh, just being choked out. Like, you control when I breathe. Just not being able to breathe. You mean breath no control? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I gotcha. See, Monica, yeah. I'm a little vanilla on that too. <laughs> Thank you for asking, though, because I didn't know what it was either. <laughs> you also want to make sure you're playing with somebody that can that knows how to do that and watch for the signs of whether or not you're in distress or not. A yeah. good dominant will watch the effect on the person and know when to stop like they will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you, you definitely need to safe word because some people can handle more than you can tell they can handle. What's yeah. your safe word normally? Um, it, it really varies per person. I I've used a, so I used to be in the wedding industry baking. Mm-hmm. So it would be like cake or flour or just dumb shit, okay. things like that. Words that I wouldn't forget very easily. And okay. even then I'm more of a fan of the traffic light system. So even if, let's say I said like red or something like that, that's that's one I'm going to be able to grasp onto immediately mm-hmm. if I fumble everything else. Because I've been in some intense situations before and sometimes you, you can't you can't remember, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're in this moment, you're, or maybe you're being choked out. Yeah, you right. know? <laughs> so you, that's why it's so crucial to have a partner who can read those signs where it turns into distress, you know? With that, there's also the risk. So after it, it's called like a scene. Um, so after a play or a scene, I, I feel like in a lot of modern media too, you you get aftercare is completely overlooked. And my God, that is one of the most important things. It can be so detrimental to your psyche if you don't have that. You mean cuddling aftercare? Is that what you mean? No, by- no, not just cuddling. Depends. Depends on what the activity was. Yes, depends on okay. what the activity was. It could be cuddling. It could be you know, tending to welts. It could be bathing. It can be all okay. manner of things, you know, <laughs> medical attention, you know. Right. Okay. And I think that gets glossed over a lot. And that is that is so important. Right. There there's a thing called where it can be described as like sub drop or you can have like a dom drop too. And that's where after reaching like your adrenaline's high in depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And when that adrenaline drops, your blood sugar can crash. You can get the shakes. You can get mm-hmm. like panic attacks. All kinds of things can happen, which is why it's so, so important to, to focus on that aftercare, to do everything in your power to prevent that from happening. It also sounds like a really addictive thing, right? I mean, sex is. <laughs> <laughs> like sex is normally addictive, right? But when you're peaking, yeah. when all these dopamine is, is flying through your, your body and you're, you got your pain receptors in play and your adrenaline is up. And like you said, and you crash, it's, it's gotta be quite the roller coaster ride. Cause I know like when I get to that point, I'm not a big fan of the crash. Not that I've ever experienced anything. It's not like anybody's taking meat yeah. hooks and sticking them in my back and hanging me up in the, in, in a, a warehouse someplace. Yeah. Right. But like, <laughs> That up and down for me is it's it's at, at, at like a little above vanilla level <laughs> is enough. Right. So yeah. I feel like when is enough enough? Because we had this conversation in the past. When is enough enough? Because my ex, I was telling Tess and Monica about this, like she wanted more. And I was like, in the very beginning of our relationship, I was doing a lot of that stuff. And I would kept saying to Monica, Monica, I'm getting nervous. I don't know when enough is enough. And I'm like, this is getting scary yeah. to me. So. Do you ever get to that point? Um, depends on the two people. Yeah, it, it really depends on your partner. They're like trial and error. Like I said, I'm very vocal on having to explain these are my hard limits. If you cross, like we're done. If you cross them, this this is this is a no go zone. That's that's what having those established and having that that talk first really is to avoid that. You know, because there, there's a time too where dominance, like you said, a more domineering person can can go too far and that can fuck them up badly too it's not just a oh look at the poor sad little sub no it's a lot of mental health care for the dominance too mm-hmm. so but but what you're describing brian is you're describing a situation where you're you're not into that but you're trying to accommodate her desires yes that's basically what it was so if you're not into that and she's into way more than you're into it becomes difficult to satisfy her and have you feel comfortable with it yeah that's fair yeah, which just means it's it's not a good match. There's actually um, a, a South Korean comic, uh, a queer comic, and it's called Aporia, right? And uh, it focuses on that exact topic where a couple get together 
the submissive is not a masochist at all, not into that shit, but the dominant is. And this person puts themselves into the situation over and over and over again because they like them so much and they really want to be a couple. And it shows like the detriment that it could take on both of their mental health from that of trying to squeeze okay. yourself into the situation. And it's, it's a, a really amazing representation that that's the kind I want more of. Not like okay. cautionary tales per se, but showing like, hey, this is what can happen. This, mm-hmm. this should not be taken mm-hmm. lightly. Because there's a huge psychological element to all this. It's not just physical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from, a, from, a, from a learned standpoint, can you like take us through a night, a typical like night, like say you're with somebody you've been to for a while. How does it start? How does it, how does it end? God, that's so open-ended. There's so many variables. Um, yeah, it, it really... But is this where you, 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 you've already... Like, say it's someone you're just kind of getting with and you're starting to get intimate with them a little bit more. Uh, so you actually sit down and say, this is my do's and don'ts. Like, this is... This actually... So there's no... Like, if there's no... I don't want to say... Pa- uh, uh, like, jump right into it and see where it goes. Is there always like a... Here's the list of things I will do. Here's the list of things I will not. Well, it does. Again, that depends. Um, so let's say my, my old dog, I called him sir. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when I first met got him, the vapors. I, I got, oh, <laughs> Lord, when I first met him, it was just through a regular dating app. We met up for coffee and I got the vibes. I was like, oh, 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 oh. I like you. <laughs> I think I'm going to like you a lot. <laughs> and, um, okay. He, he came over, we had dinner. Did you put down in your app profile that you were into this stuff? No, because I think that would attract the wannabe like, come here, kitchen, sit on daddy's lap. And I would have to laugh at them for that. So mm-hmm. no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't generally advertise that. Yeah. So that's a good point, though, Monica, because how yeah. do you meet people then? Like- this one it was a stroke of luck. We were sitting and when we were having a bit of wine after dinner, he reached, he grip tested the back of my hair. My hair was shorter then. Mm-hmm. And I sat, I, I like immediately like sat up and was like, oh, yeah. Oh, I noticed wait, women wait. do like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I cast me for all women, but yeah, not everybody, Brian. <laughs> I gotta, yeah, well, I gotta tell you, I love like her terminology, like uh, the grip tested. Yeah. Uh, you know, breath control, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a real nice way of, of saying yeah. this dude be fucking me up. <laughs> but he was testing to see her reaction too, exactly. right? Exactly. So yes, yes. Kind of yeah. feeling each other out. And um, yeah, it, it, it ended with like a high five afterwards. And then we kind of got into a discussion and it was like, oh my God, great. Here are, and we worked on it from there. Like, I would like to continue seeing you. Okay. For me, I, I don't enjoy going to like different clubs. Um, I'm more like when I'm someone submissive, it's, it's a dating situation for me. Um, like monogamous. I want to make it clear too. You also have just vanilla sex sometimes, right? This isn't an everyday thing. No, no. Sometimes I'm fucking tired. I don't, (laughs) or like I, I go to the gym my arms hurt. Like, I don't want to do that. You know? It, it yeah, really the guy depends. shows up and he's got yeah. like Thor's hammer and everything like that. And you're like, no, yeah. not tonight. I'm like, oh God. You know, just put that down. Yeah. Put it down. Let's just, you know, know I'm going to roll over. Have to discuss it. Yeah. And sometimes, dude, sometimes a more dominant person, they, they don't want to deal with that either. <laughs> you know? Right. Sometimes it's nice. I like vanilla. I like strawberry. I like chocolate. I like all different kinds of stuff. It's fine. You know? You don't have yeah. to stick with one singular kink 24 7 in fact i think i'd probably right. get pretty bored of that too <laughs> yeah but she's a she's a neapolitan girl monica yeah <laughs> but isn't it true though once you've discovered that about yourself you can't go back to only vanilla yeah it's, it's kind of hard it's, to turn it's been off a little rough lately yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah because it's like once you find something that's that much more satisfying yeah you can't mm-hmm. unlearn that about yourself yeah like i that's my experience you can't unlearn it and for me, kind of how I, yeah, I combat that with, I haven't had a partner in in a minute now because I felt like I was beginning to rely way too heavily on that. And I was kind mm-hmm. of worried what that was doing to my psyche. Um, and again, it depends on who you're with, what your boundaries are, what, I don't want to say like contract, but the situation you're in with them. For me, I was getting a lot of like, I wasn't 
being satisfied by that anymore. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm becoming a little bit more masochistic. Is this like becoming detrimental to me? Is this stepping into my everyday life? Am I okay with that? And the answer was no, I'm not okay with that. So I had to take a break for myself to kind of rearrange things in a healthy manner. So you said you had a community. Do you have a community of people? Do you have friends that you guys talk about this? Or is this like an online thing? Yeah, yeah, online. Okay. There are websites too where you can go to meet people that are into alternative. One specifically is alt.com. There's others. That one's one coming to mind. But you can go on to websites where you can meet people so you can find somebody compatible to your fetish, for lack of a better word. So it's not just about BDSM. It's also for people with all different fetishes too. Yeah. There are a whole bunch of acronyms that are used because I'm on, I'm on a dating app, Bumble. You know, once in a while I see a, when a guy's app and it says EFNM or yeah, like to give and take or something. They say like, I no and I have to means. go Google, like, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, I had to do the same okay. thing, Monica. I was in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the, I got confused. I'm like, what the hell is LOL? It yeah. got, there's so many of them. I forgot what the hell they meant. Yeah. <laughs> but there was one guy that answered. We matched and I texted him and I was talking to him for like a little bit, just like two sentences. And he says, I don't think we're a match. I'm like, oh, no. okay. He goes, <laughs> I like dominance and I can tell you're submissive. I'm <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Wow. <laughs> he didn't think I was a match because he wanted a dominant. Yeah. He wanted a dominant, but just by, I guess me, what I was typing Oh yeah. Could tell how I was. And he says, I'm sorry. And, at the, and I said, sorry, I'm not into that. Um, but good luck. And he said, <laughs> and then the last thing he said was, if you change your mind, give me a call. <laughs> but Monica, I think you, I think just once in your life, I think you would like that just to be like, fuck this guy. I'm going to step on his balls with my stilettos and shit. Okay. That. That's the, <laughs> come on. That's, the, see, that's, that's the media. They're talking. Brian. That's the media talking. <laughs> uh, that's, that's scary. <laughs> doesn't have to be that extreme. Yeah. <laughs> There's, that's the thing. I mean, I feel like my experiences have been super vanilla of BDSM. Like mm-hmm. it's like, I love mm-hmm. playing with power exchange love it love it love it but i've never done anything real extreme but now i get to the point where i don't know like once my husband and i started playing with it it's kind of really hard to have sex without it in some capacity yeah like we have vanilla sex as far as physical sex but there might be speaking stuff there might mm-hmm. be like you know commands you know like there's still something yeah you know there's toys there's you know like yeah. the stuff people use in hardcore scenes we use just not hardcore you know what i mean mm-hmm but still really sensual and fun. Yeah. Uh, I have a question about the, cause you were talking about having an adrenaline rush. Yeah. Now, is that the same thing as a uh, peaking orgasm or so. is it sexual in nature or is it, or the orgasm, sexual orgasm and the adrenaline rush are separate? Um, so it, it kind of depends. Uh, do you, do you have any like tattoos? No. No. Okay. <laughs> okay you say, all okay. right, Justine, you've never listened to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm like, if you don't know that Monica would never get a tattoo. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. When, when you are in pain or physical discomfort, your body naturally releases endorphins. Right. Mm -hmm. And the higher your adrenaline gets, like the more that gets pumped out. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's kind of what I meant by that. So let's say you're in um, like a overstimulation scene. Right. So Mm -hmm. you think stimulation. Oh, this sounds great. There is a such thing as too much and your body Mm -hmm. starts feeling pain or you start going numb. That that can hike up your adrenaline and give you like a really fucking hard orgasm from that. <laughs> um, but only yeah. if that's something that you've kind of grown accustomed to or surrender to. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Um, the average person, like that's not going to be a fun time. That's going to really suck. They're not going to like mm-hmm. that. Um, for me, like that's my jam. <laughs> like that is, yeah. that is one of my <laughs> okay absolute favorite. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how pain feels different when you're aroused than when you're not? Because that's a huge differentiation Mm -hmm. there. We've mentioned that before on the show in other topics, but 
when you're let's like, somebody smacks your ass when you're not aroused, it fucking hurts. But if somebody hauls off and smacks your ass when you're aroused, it feels different. Yeah, yeah, and that's just another point of stimulation. So, like you said, if I were to fall and like eat shit on the pavement, I'm not going to be like, oh my god, again, daddy, like push me again. Oh, that's just going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not into that. But let's say when you're already in that heightened state and your nerve endings are kind of doing all kinds of crazy shit, that's where that kind of like sadomasochism can, can come into play. You know, there's, there's been times too where I've gotten tattoos in, in a little bit more sensitive areas and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I did not expect this. Oh shit! <laughs> you know, like the human nervous system. This is kind of a trippy thing. Oh, would you look at that? <laughs> so when you when you do this, has it ever been to a point where you've had two people with you? Like, if you have three ways, or or is it just one on one? No, you know, I I have been in in group settings before. Never in a like BDSM play. Okay. I don't think I could trust as many as three to four people in that situation. Mm-hmm. Cause there's always okay. going to be someone where I'm like, ah, you, I like yeah. you less than everyone else. Shady. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I don't mm-hmm. trust you compared that to the others. <laughs> um, but that's, that's kind of me on a more personal level. Um, uh-huh. I had been with a partner who w- was a Dom and it, it did not last long. Um, you know, we had discussed everything. I had said what I'm comfortable with or not. And he kept fucking pushing for things that I wasn't. And mm-hmm. luckily I had been in that really good experience before. So I was able to recognize that and be like, all right, we're done. Terminated. Not seeing each other. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. Do you find it happens more in certain age groups? Like, cause as we get older, we're, we're more willing to experiment. I think in the beginning, you don't know what you're doing. For, you know, when you first started having sex, it's just about the pleasure for each other or yourself for the most part, as you get older, you're like, I'm willing to try that. I'm willing to try that. Or do you find that it's, there's a wide spectrum. It's a pretty wide spectrum. Um, Cause I've met men like in their fifties before where, you know, it takes like one look and I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, even men in their thirties where it's been the same. Um, it just, it really comes down to a personality type. Like either you've got that zhuzh or you don't. But for you, when you were younger, were you willing to do just as much as you are older? Right. Is that the same for you? Yeah. Yeah. I would say there, there's some, like I have some very, very hard lines. Um, like if I'm hit in the face, I'm, I'm going to bite. I'm going to freak the fuck out. Like I, that one is, is such a hard no for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm lucky that I've had partners who have respected that. I'm not that into like degradation. I, I praise me, please. <laughs> I like. I will work very hard. Please don't bully me. <laughs> so, not only are you trying to find a, a dominant you can trust, but someone who kind of stylistically is into the same types of activities. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I have gone out of my comfort zone. Um, very specific things that I was like, "Hey, this. I had a bad experience with this, or I want to work past this." I hate how someone turned it into a negative for me. I want to fix that. So I was able to work through something that was an uncomfortable situation for me through that. Mm. Okay. So what kind of tools do you use? I know you said you had your leather cuffs and stuff like that, but that, and that was vanilla for you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So like, what would your menagerie look like? Like if you were hanging them up on your wall, what would they look like? Like like a, like a, like a a 16th century English, like torture chamber or. Again, mainstream media. <laughs> Honestly, so I'm more, I like to think there's like, at least in my world, there, there's like two different ways you can go, right? Like you can pop on Adam and Eve and all that. You can buy flogs, you can buy, you know, spreader bars, you can buy all different kinds of things like that. Which, by the way, that's for keeping your legs or arms spread, not like a gyno tool. That show would hurt. No, I, I, I know. I was. <laughs> Wait, well, he said what it wasn't. We never yeah. said what it was, Monica. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. Yeah. If you did see the Fifty Shades movies, you saw a spreader bar. Yeah, yeah. So, I did not watch all the movies. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Or you can make a quick trip down to Home Depot, and you can find some really fun things there. I'm a huge fan, so I. <laughs> it sucks. I'm like super allergic to latex. 
So like latex uh-huh. toys, cat suits and stuff. Oh my God, I'll break out into hives. It's not fun. It's a bad time. So I've gotten a little bit more creative, like paint stir sticks. Those are free. They make a really nice snap. It's a lot of fun. Leather belts. Those are also wonderful. I like it when they have patterns and we can try and find the pattern afterwards. <laughs> there's that's awesome i i also prefer like cotton or nylon robes um but again these are things that that i only introduce to a partner that i really really trust like a, oh god you ever seen that movie uh um what was it called the stephen king one she she gets stuck on the bed uh because they use metal cups oh i'm totally blanking on the name of the movie that is like my gerald's game <laughs> gerald's game yeah that, that was a great like, book, by the way. It was a great book, great movie. That is my nightmare, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I would say the same thing. I was like, oh my God, that's such a ter- horrific thing. Yeah. I don't like that feeling at all. No, no. So I I generally don't bring out any toys or any equipment like that unless it's someone I, I trust to take care of me and prevent, to the best of their ability, those kind of accidents from happening. Okay. The, I think the aftercare element too, there's, there's a lot of, it's so much psychology around this that I don't even Mm -hmm. think that we have the time to, to really cover, but there's so much psychology around this. There is a, there's a real love and appreciation and not everybody that does this is in love, but there's a real love and appreciation, at least real affection from a dominant to a submissive who's willing to surrender their will to a dominant. And there's a real appreciation of a submissive for the dominant that's able to let them escape into who they want to be. And I feel like with the aftercare, there's just a real like coming together of just care for the other person, for the role that they provided yeah, and yeah. what, what they were willing to do and what they were willing to be for each other. Yeah. And there, there have been times where I, I stumbled and I, I was so worried of disappointing my partner. I was petrified of the idea of it. And so he had given me like a specific task to finish before he, he got to my place. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I wound up having like a panic attack. Like I, I, I lost my shit. And by the time he got in there, um, I, I was apologizing. I, I was just this mental wreck and I should have texted him or sent him a message saying, Hey, I'm not okay. Like I, I didn't give him a safe word. I didn't let him know I was uncomfortable and he wasn't there to, to witness it yet. And the way he jumped into action immediately. And I remember very little of it. Cause I, like I said, I was very distressed, but when I came to, he was so loving and so kind and was, didn't shame me for not letting him know. Didn't make me feel like shit. There was no punishment involved. I, I feel like that was a moment where it really cemented in me. Like, holy shit, this really is give and take. And if there's anything disappointing here, it's the fact that I, I was willing to hurt myself without letting him know. That's not fair. That mm. wasn't fair to me. And that mm. wasn't fair to him either. That absolutely right. wasn't. Right. Um, and that, that's where that aftercare is so, so vital, so crucial. Because I, I you know, experienced it with, with another Dom before where I, I didn't get that level of care. And I felt like shit afterwards. It was It was really upsetting. Like, sure, yeah, the sex may have been like, fine but afterwards without that i i felt like dog shit and i mm-hmm. i didn't like the situation i was put into mm-hmm. yeah well my aftercare would be like i can't fucking believe we did that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> justine i don't think you finished did you finish that story about that where you left the cuffs and what did your partner do oh he just <sighs> He just, it was like a puppy dog. He just got like all hyped up, golden retriever boy excited about it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to play this game. Just on the rug? This. But yeah, like just about, dude. Fuck. <laughs> oh, I get it. He wasn't dominant enough. No, like he didn't have I, the, yeah. I, I was so, I, I wanted that connection again so badly. I was like, maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe my intuition's wrong. It wasn't. I knew better. So are you hoping that when you eventually find your person, if, you, if you're looking for your person, that they are into this as well, or they are compatible with you in this way? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, you know, asking for them to be comfortable, like taking a cattle prod to me or something. Because um, <laughs> sometimes, you know, as a couple too, you you work your way up. Um, I would like some aspects of it involved. 
you know, because again, I am so tightly in control of everything that if I'm with someone that I have to act that way with too, it, it, it becomes really crushing, like on a psychological level. Um, I can't keep that up for so long, you know? Mm. So earlier on, you guys were talking and you talked about monsters or what I, I, I heard something. <laughs> monster fuckers? Monsters fucking. Yeah, monster yeah. fuckers. Yeah. What was that? What, what do you got? Some guy that dresses up like a, like a wolf man. He comes in there and just terrorizes you. Is that like the terrorizing version of the furries or something? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Kind of close. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Close. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's like a, a kind of subgenre of fiction where it's like a, a, a Big monster fucking your brains out. Okay. So it's just monsters, but it's not like, 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 like Batman doesn't come running in your house and like take you? No, or like a villain? Like Maybe it's like the shit. Loch Ness Monster, Brian. Oh, like, like somebody dressed up as a Loch Ness Monster yeah. or, or like the thing. You know, right? like oh. maybe maybe oh. an eldritch horror that falls in love with you. It's got a bunch of tentacles that can come into play. That kind of oh. stuff. Oh, wow. Like remember that, that, was it the Tales from the Crypt, the gargoyle? <laughs> remember? The, the lover's vow, the lover's vow where the gargoyle told him, don't you ever tell anybody? And then he did. <laughs> I don't remember that one, Monica, but that sounds really good. I love that. It's one of my favorite Tales from the Crypts ever. Now I'm going to look it up. I think it was Tales from the Crypt. Um, speaking of toys, I kind of want to say something about that because there's another, there's a lot of fear out there around toys when you don't know anything about toys. Yeah. You know, when it came to the word flogging, I always was really, years and years ago, I was really afraid of that word because I just pictured somebody getting whipped and having welts all over their body and it just being this massively painful experience, which is some people's jam, but it wasn't mine. And I actually bought a flogger that was like the softest, highest quality, softest leather. And this fucking thing is some, I've had some of the most intense pleasure from it and not even in a painful way. I want our listeners to know that BDSM paraphernalia is not all whips and chains and Mm -hmm. massive pain. There are different degrees and you can run this thing up and down someone's body and it feels like butter. It feels so nice. And it's just a different way. It's, It's a different sensation. It's sex is all about fun experimentation and having different physical sensations. And you mean, you can like if you like once I did that, ran it up and down the body, then it was like, okay, tap it lightly. Oh, that feels good. Tap it a little harder. And yeah. you start to realize that it can feel really good, especially when you're in that heightened state. And it's not all about pain and it doesn't always leave marks. And so I just want people to know that it's not zero to 80. You yeah. know, there's lots of in between where you can have a really fun time with somebody and it doesn't have to be yeah. scary. You you don't have mm-hmm. to come out bruised and beaten to hell. No. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a traumatic experience. It can even, let's say, um, you know, the, the, the cuffs that I have, they're actually really nice. They're, they're lined with really like soft, um, like faux fur. They're super cozy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's not like I'm going to walk away all banged up from that. Um, and there are so many degrees. It's just something that you have to speak with your partner about and agree on, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, and even like blindfolding somebody, if you're not comfortable with a blindfold, you could just lay a scarf across your eyes. Yeah. Just simulate it. You don't mm-hmm. have to do it. Like for me, I'm not good at being bound in a way I can't get out of because I'm like, what if my partner has a heart attack? Yeah. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I, that's where my mind goes. Gerald's game. Yeah. That's what happens to me. But, but I love the simulation of, I love feeling that way. Like it's a simulation of it. But if something were to happen, I could really get out. I'm okay with that. I just wanted to make the point that it's not all intense. It's not was all, a good point. you know. I like what you said. Like when sex, I love when the lights are out in sex and it's pitch black in the room. Cause then you just feel so like your inhibitions are gone. You can say or do whatever you want. And there's like no one looking in your, into your eyes and judging you. Right. It's a really cool feeling. So it's part of it. Right. It's just a mm-hmm. simple part of it. Yeah. And you could even, you know, that could fall under the umbrella of like deprivation, you know, whether it's being blindfolded or, you know, simulating being blindfolded Mm -hmm. or just let's say the pitch black, you know, it's, it Mm -hmm. could be a comfort thing. Now, like deprivation for me was more a means of, and again, when I say punishment, I don't mean (sighs) how to phrase that. Um, Not with like any scary connotation. I can be a fucking brat sometimes. 
on mm-hmm. purpose <laughs> just okay. to see what I could get away with. Sometimes yeah. I could be a real goddamn brat. Um, so it's kind of like pushing those boundaries, like, ooh, what are you going to do about it? When you, oh no, <laughs> like, okay. oh, that's I fair. fucked around and found out. Um, so deprivation, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like that to me was, was a punishment, you know? Because I, I like being, I'm a very visual person. I like being able to touch. I like being able to see. And having that stripped away, like, it, it kind of did a number on me, mm-hmm. which was, you know, enjoyable in the long run. It was run. effective. Yeah, it, it was a very effective tool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Monica, you see, you got to go out and be a brat now. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we've been asking you a lot of questions, Justine. Is there anything, like, what would you say? Like, if you were, if you were like, giving a public announcement, right? If they put you on the news and they gave you, like, a minute to give your public announcement to BDSM, what would you say? God, uh, <laughs> a minute. Hey, this is, you're on the Putting clock. so much pressure on her, Brian. Hey, you're on the clock. Again, it's such a, it's such a wide, like complex topic. Cause I, I got shit on the other day. I was, they called me a gatekeeper and I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. You're welcome. <laughs> you know? Okay. We're going to ask Monica, what's a gatekeeper? Like someone who, who like safeguards, a certain thing like no you can't join us you I, like for me girls like you can't sit with us right okay like i'm perfectly willing to be the person who's like no you can't sit with us go away okay. <laughs> this is unacceptable oh you mean like to join your community like yeah. join the community yeah. so i oh, okay i'm i think there needs to be a healthy level of that where we keep an eye out for the safety and health of this community because like I said, there, there can be people who, who completely misinterpret it. And especially in this, they can cause real lasting physical and psychological harm, you know, especially when things are being broadcast to a lot of women. And I, I understand, you know, being a woman myself, being single, I, it, it can be frustrating, you know, and stories like that can be really enticing. And without that warning label of like, hey, this is fiction. Don't let this go to your head. Don't don't think this is acceptable in real life. Someone who hasn't been a part of that circle or who hasn't really experienced that before can put themselves into some really like precarious situations and maybe overlook those red flags and be like, well, I read this and it seemed like really hot. And then in real life, you're like, holy shit, like this is I'm in a bad way now. Mm-hmm. Like keep fiction fiction. <laughs> I would imagine even if, if someone's starting out that they would want to ex- and then they want to experiments with somebody that there are like if it's a submissive that there are dominants out there that would understand they're starting out would take it slow with them. Yeah, yeah. especially professional ones. Oh, my God. There, and that's the thing with this community is it's so vast. Um, you can find people, but it's you're, you're still playing with the same fire as, let's say, just a regular dating app. You know, let's say on right. Bumble, mm-hmm. you go to meet mm-hmm. someone. What are you going to do? You place those safeguards. You say, hey, I'm going to text you so-and-so friend at this time. If I don't answer, you call me. Or you you have to protect yourself in the same way that you would in any other circumstance. Yeah. And I would say mm-hmm. at least with under this umbrella of kink, if you have someone who gets pissed at you for doing that, that's a red flag. The wrong person. That's the wrong mm-hmm. person. If, if they don't have a, they have a problem with you... Advocating for your own safety. Yeah, yeah, that, that is the issue. wrong person. You mentioned professionals do this. What do you mean? Like some people get paid to come to yeah. somebody's house or place to do this uh, for them? Yeah, yeah. They, like there's clubs with, with professional um, doms, with professional like mistresses uh, or dominatrixes, you know, and they'll actually hold like public speaking or demonstrations. You, you can go watch a scene, you know, there, there's all different kinds of things to kind of dip your toes into that world. And even that may, may be too much for someone who's just looking to learn, in which I would say, hey, stay online. <laughs> you know? I would say it is like if you're going to a demonstration of a yeah. scene and you're a newbie, that's going to look pretty intimidating. Yeah, that's, that's, I would that's think. probably yeah. going to mess you up. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> yeah, no, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is funny. I actually I had gone to San Francisco with a group of friends and they, they were the nerd. It was for an anime convention. So they were the hyper nerd friends. Right. And uh <laughs> We went out to dinner. Not that there's anything club. wrong with no, that. Not that there's anything wrong. I mean, I've got like a shelf full of figurines behind me. There's nothing wrong with that. But oh, I just thought they were we toys. Went, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that desperate yet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we go to this club, and I'm looking around, and I was like, the hair on the back of my neck is on end. I don't, I don't, 
I like, I couldn't pinpoint it right away, but I was like, something, something's up with this. And one of my friends comes back from the bathroom and she's like, oh my God, there's so many hooks for your purse in the bathroom. And I was like, what? <laughs> huh? And I go in and I was like, oh shit, I got to get these kids the fuck out of here now. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and they were like, no, there's going to be a show later. I was like, not for you. There isn't. Not for you. <laughs> Bedtime. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, I'm I'm not getting it. What well, what was the problem? It was set up for tying people up. The room was not the hooks on the wall were for tying people up. Yeah. Oh, okay. it was it was it was a playroom. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was, Monica, you just you just got to go one night and just experience it. Okay, I'll probably be like her though. Like I got to get out of here right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is scary shit. Keep yeah. an open mind, Monica. Just know, keep true. an open mind. True. I'm not that submissive, Brian. <laughs> I've been exposed to a lot of it on online sites, you know, like Tumblr yeah. and stuff like that. And it's hard to not see the hardcore stuff when you're like yeah. browsing that category. Like I have to just remind myself, these people are into it. These are actors or these people are into it. Some stuff I don't like. Well, a lot of stuff I don't like, but a lot of stuff I do like. And there's some stuff I like when I see it, but I wouldn't want to do it. But it still turns me on when I see it, which yeah. makes me go, hmm. <laughs> so, what a conundrum, Tess. What a conundrum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the weird thing about fantasy and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, what arouses us is stuff can surprise you. If you expose yourself, you won't know what turns you on until you expose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually, um, <laughs> I, I subscribed to this one, uh, ASMR voice actor and, uh, he, he does like dirty scenes, dirty plays. And he did a, a more like hardcore kind of, kind of brat taming degradation one. And at first I was like, Oh, this kind of hurts my feelings. I don't think I want to listen to this. <laughs> I listened a little bit more and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> oh, shit I'm kind of into this. Now, yeah. I don't want someone to do that in person. It'll make me cry. <laughs> like, don't be uh, me. Yeah. Well, I guess technically you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. yeah. In this case, I was like, oh, well, that's new. That may have unlocked something different. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird because there's stuff that I'll go on and look at that I would never do in real life. But every single time I do, I get a total physical reaction. And I'm like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Or like a, a seven-year-old so. running around. I ain't looking at shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you do have a room with a lock on it. So yeah, I just don't have the willpower anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta have the desire. You gotta have the desire. Well, we're we're coming up on over the hour here, and this was really interesting, really cool. Yeah, Justine, it thank was you fun. so much for it was coming a lot on. Of fun to listen to you. Yeah, this was a blast. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. there's so much more we could have covered. Yeah. I appreciate Justine coming on and, and sharing it with all this information with because I got to tell you, Monica, I, I felt like you today. There's a lot of stuff I do not know. <laughs> Good, because I always yep. feel like an idiot. No, I feel- and, you know, sometimes I purposely don't ask what is that because I'm like, oh, here I go again. No, <laughs> there's nothing wrong. Idiot, but I'm they- always going to ask. No, I just, I just keep asking. It's okay to ask. Monica, you are representing a lot of people out there with your innocence. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. I do. Yeah. Well, I hope I was so, able to like answer some questions and, and no, it was uh-huh. very, it was, it was it a was lot great. of fun to listen to. It really Thank was. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the record, Justine, uh, my mm-hmm. safe word is shenanigans. Oh, that's <laughs> a long one. one. Good luck with that, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that, because that gives me enough time to think to myself, do I really want it to stop? I want to know what kind of things you're doing that you need a safe word for. That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, that was a, there for a minute. that's the uh that's the that's the old me monica, monica coming out <laughs> the new me's like keep going Are we done yet okay go to bed <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> no no don't say it isn't so <laughs> oh well well thanks again i really appreciate it, justine thanks for coming on yeah Thank you guys Thank so you. much. Thank you. And if, hey, if you ever run into Sir and he wants to come on and talk about some stuff, you let him know. Uh, that would be kind of cool. <laughs> that would be my dream. <laughs> we want to thank Justine for coming on the show today and talking candidly and helping to clear up the misinformation around the subject of BDSM. Thank you to our producer, D for all the hard work behind the scenes to make our podcast possible. Thank you, our listeners, for tuning in, and we hope you learned a lot and laughed a lot with us again. We want to hear your thoughts always. 
You can reach out to us at our email, 2.5chickspod at gmail.com, or message us on Instagram at 2.5chicks. And while you're there, make sure you're following us. What do you want to hear us talk about? We don't know if you don't tell us. Remember, there's always an open invitation to come chat with us on anything you find interesting or entertaining. And stay tuned. More Two and a Half Chicks is coming your way real soon. Bye. 